Hi, this is Emilia Switlow. I'm in our Vancouver office. And recently I went to the reintegration weekend in uh, Ottawa and I met a wonderful return volunteer named Rowena Cove. Hi, Rowena. Welcome back. Hi, thank you. Where have you been, Rowena? Um, last year I went to Namibia for seven months where I um, worked as a librarian at the Southern African Development Community Parliamentary Forum. That sounds complicated. <laughs> it is. What is a Southern African Parliamentary Forum? What is that? Um, they are an intergovernmental organization in Southern Africa that um, represents all the parliamentarians in the 14, I believe, states that comprise that region. Um, 14 states is in 14 countries. That's right. Uh-huh. And uh, they basically um, try to build parliamentary capacity amongst the parliamentarians in that region by providing uh, workshops and um, information materials and uh, things like that to um, educate and inform all the parliamentarians about HIV and AIDS and gender equality. Um, democratic governance and all those um, sort of development issues that are uh, pertinent over there right now. Okay, so but did part of the job have to do with looking into or uh, get gathering information about the history of the of the countries? Um, not so much about the history, no. It was it, it so what's going on now. Exactly, yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So you didn't get bogged down in in Namibian history, but tell me a bit about Namibia. Um, it's gorgeous, like just a beautiful country, actually. Um, actually, one of the, I, I think they say it's the second least densely populated country in the world, so oh. there's about two million people in the whole country, but I think it's um, almost the size of BC, really. Um, so there's a lot of wide open spaces, and like, the sky is huge. Um, you see elephants and giraffes while you're driving down the highway, so that's really nice. Um, and Not too many tourists there? There are some. There are some. Mostly German um, tourists and other European tourists because it was originally a um, German colony oh, okay. um, known as uh, German Southwest Africa. Oh, that's what, that's what its name was? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. Um, before it became a part of South Africa. Mm -hmm. um, which did introduce apartheid there, so they do have um, segregation is still very um, evident over there. Um, you do have townships where uh, most of the black population lives still, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and yeah, um, there are I think about eight maybe different uh, linguistic groups. Wow. But uh, even though I think most people there, the, the colonial or common language is, is Afrikaans, um, the official language is actually now English. English, okay. But it is most people's like second or third or fourth language, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so when I think of Namibia, so your description is just beautiful that it's, but I think of desert and I yeah. think of desert. <laughs> Um, it is a, a big, a big part of the country. Definitely is desert, um, the southern part of it. But then it's also got the coast, the coastline, oh. which is um, 
desert also, but um, uh, but um, yeah, it's it. They've got like the beautiful sort of really kind of abandoned deserted beaches as well. Um, and wow. then in the north, there's uh, a bit more of the the greenery, the, the hills, um, uh, and the the waterfalls and things like that. Oh, so, okay. Because it does border um, Angola and okay. Zambia um, to the north. Um, so it, it's it, like a great place to uh, do a road trip because. I mean, you just drive, and you don't see that many other cars around because there's not that many people in the country, and it's kind of almost amazing how the landscape changes so quickly. Like, you go from desert to, like, sort of a coastal area, and, and it, when you're driving up north, you know, it's just straight and barren, and then all of a sudden you go over a hill, and then you see, like, Forest. this lush, you know, Wow, greenness. makes me want to yeah. go there. Yeah, it really is beautiful. So when, when you were leaving, Rowena, you were a librarian mm -hmm. trained at UBC? Yes. Uh, you did a master's degree in, in library sciences, right? Yes, yes. Ooh, I got that right. Um, wh what made you do this? Become a librarian? No, no, no. What made you... Oh. Okay, so becoming a librarian, I totally get. Uh-huh. But becoming a, a librarian that says, okay, I want to go and do something in international development. Um, I think I always wanted to do that, like even when I was just, it may have been like one of the reasons I went into library school actually, it was just like oh, the, oh. the thought of building libraries um, around the world, because yeah. um, they are, you know, um, integral in, in educating people and keeping people informed about what's going on in their own communities and around the world, so um, yeah, I've always wanted to do international work and um, felt like um, when I went to library school that was uh, one of the things that I wanted to know more about doing. So I did take like an international librarianship course when okay. I was there. And, um, so tell me Rowena, you arrive in uh, Namibia right? and um, did you go look at libraries there? Are there libraries there? Um, Yes, unfortunately in Wintook, the whole time I was there, the public library was closed under renovation, I think, and they were having trouble um, getting that up and running, so I didn't uh, get a chance to see that. I did visit the, um, the National Library and Archives um, and uh, uh, several other ones um, that are part of um, local organizations there. But, um, Were they well run? Um, they definitely lack funding, mm -hmm. um, so um, the technology is not as up to date as it can be, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so information is generally not that accessible remotely, mm -hmm. so you do have to go into the libraries most of the time to look up information. Um, Dig in there. When we were together in Ottawa, it was kind of interesting. Everybody was telling some cool stories, and uh, you told a story of um, doing your work, mm -hmm. and then a surprise of finding something. <laughs> yes. You called it the hidden library or something. Yes, uh, this the secret room. Of, the secret of, room. Of, of, uh, books. Um, yeah. Yeah, so when I, I first uh, started in the organization I was working for, um, they, they showed me the library that I was to organize, and it consisted of you know, several 
um, publications and um, brochures and other information packages um, that they had collected over the years but were not organized at all. They were just sort of um, sitting on the shelves and, and also a lot of their own publications. Um, so I thought, you know, this is this is doable. It, you know, it consisted of, you know, three shelves maybe full of um, different materials. Um, and so I started making a plan to, to organize that. Um, but it was it wasn't until about maybe a week or two into uh, my placement where um, somebody asked me, oh, have you seen the um, the room in the corner yet, the, the storage room? I was like, no. <laughs> um, so one of my colleagues took me down there and um, way in, in the basement in sort of the far corner were uh, these two little storage rooms um, uh, filled with about a hundred uh, cardboard boxes um, <laughs> with it was packed with publications and books that um, nobody had bothered to tell me about. <laughs> so, um, so you worked diligently on that group. Yeah. So I, I kind of had to sort of prioritize and <laughs> kind of readjust um, what I had planned to do um, because I was only there for uh, seven months, so, yeah. and that was. I would not have been able to go through all of that, <laughs> plus what I was going to do um, in the actual library. Did you manage to transfer some of the skill sets that that you have to anyone there in this case? Um, unfortunately, I didn't have a counterpart. I mean, I was, I think the original plan was to have uh, somebody there to, uh, for me to train and, and transfer um, actual librarian skills onto, but uh, in the end, I did work a lot with the um, organization's IT um, guy who mm -hmm. who helped me set up the online catalog. So uh, at least he's now a bit more aware of library um, uh, databases and, wow. and online catalogs and how to set those up. But uh, in terms of actual library-related skills, I did end up, because of, they didn't really have the funding at the time to have an information officer, it did end up just putting together sort of a, a big sort of procedures manual. And, oh, okay. And hopefully that Somebody will be passed on. And, and not just stored on a shelf. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not put in the box in the hidden yeah. room. <laughs> yeah, in the hidden room. Yeah. So, Rowena, if you were to say, if you were to describe how Namibia affected you, hmm. what would you say? Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, it's hard to sort of uh, sort of narrow down your experience and to and to articulate like how it changes you because it is quite profound. Um, mm. When you when you go somewhere and to a developing country and um, and you see how different the lives are and how priorities are are so different um, to to back home um, I don't know I, I guess it's just made me a bit more um, um, <laughs> um, uh, I guess just more aware of um, all the sort of different uh, ways that you can live your lives and, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's hard to really kind of articulate it, really. You might become notice that wherever you went in Namibia, mm -hmm. there were always people around you. Yes. Yeah. People who talked to you and yeah. um, do and and. Yeah, you became part of the community quite quickly, didn't you? It's true. It's it's been definitely one of the challenges coming back to Vancouver was yeah. um, kind of not having that sort of sense of community that is very very like um, prominent in in Namibia and other parts of Africa, where yeah, people just there's a lot more spontaneous social interaction over there um, yeah. that is difficult to find <laughs> here. I find. So um, when uh, in Cuso, mm -hmm. we have wonderful interns that support our work, right. and we have uh, Mayumi who has been um, doing some podcasts for us. And Mayumi, do you have any questions? Yes, uh, for so Rowena? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot. I'm just gonna <laughs> choose one. Uh, you told me there's English speakers and African language speakers. So did you learn any African language? Uh, unfortunately, not. I mean, a few words in. Um, Oshiwambo, which is, I think, the most uh, widely spoken of the local languages there. But, um, yeah, in my workplace, it was it was all English. Oh, and uh, okay. in, in all publications and articles, it's all English? It's all in English. Oh, all okay. in English, yeah. Because mm -hmm. it, it is, like, since um, they became independent in 1990, when Namibia did, um, they chose to make English an official language because they felt like that would put everyone at equal disadvantage <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah so so like all government and business um uh communication is, is in english yeah. do you have any other questions there? Um, <laughs> just come up this question now i'm kind of okay. thinking about more all right yeah. but i want to say um on behalf of everyone at qso international mm -hmm. Rowena, thank you for your service in Namibia. Right. And I hope that maybe you will do a night here and tell people more and share some of your photos I will. of yeah. this fabulous place. And Mayumi, thank you so much for being an intern here and <laughs> uploading all these wonderful podcasts for us. Thank you. Thank you.